the stage. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, right, wow. I'm a bit of an emotional wreck this morning. I feel like throughout this whole series we've been doing, where we've been looking at God's heart, God has just been breaking my heart for people. <laughs> so it's not going on, I've got to calm down. <laughs> Um, and just this morning as I was preparing and just reading through my notes and just thinking about so many people I love and know, people who've been through Alpha courses and just oh, just feeling like God's so good. And that song, like the words, whew, they were good, weren't they? <laughs> so I'm going to get through this. So just going to pray. Um, I'm a maths teacher, for those of you who don't know, and it's been as tough as a teacher at the moment. We're all struggling. And um, when I prepare my lessons in maths, you know, I get my sums right and make sure I've got all my answers. But when you prepare a preach, knowing that the word is living and active, and I'm not coming up here on my own, that I know that what I'm sharing today is God's word, and God is good, and God's going to break through, does give me some hope. <laughs> Because I make quite a lot of mistakes in my lessons. So, right, Lord, I just pray that you use me this morning to break our hearts this morning. Come and empower me with your spirit, God, that I'll be able to share your good word, your good news with everyone here this morning. Amen. And I'm going to pick two parables today. So the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, full of stories because Jesus loves breaking up the narrative. When we get going on our walk, he likes coming in there and sharing a story to really challenge us and think, oh, what does that mean? And I've picked two parables this morning, one about a lost sheep and one about a lost coin. And I'm really hoping that as we look through them today, that hopefully we're going to start understanding a little bit more about this. So I had a little look online and I sort of thought, hmm, I wonder what the biggest top five things that get lost are. Any ideas? Keys, wallet, TV remote, that wasn't on there, Ollie. Glasses, yeah, that was on. Phone. Um, so there's quite a lot of things that we all know we lose. And uh, Ollie's going to roll his eyes when I was starting to think through what are the things I've lost. And I, these, some of these things have been lost a long time. And all I ever do is, if I get the opportunity to talk about my lost things, Ollie's like, oh. Can you get over this? So I've got a little slide of a few things that I've lost over my life. Now, I went to Sussex Uni, and the hoodie I had was even better than this one. Okay, I had yellow embroidered stitches. I remember going to the beach down at Berlin Gout with Paul Gosling and a group of people. Had a great time, never saw it again. And, it, and then, then Sussex Uni went cheap, and they just, like, printed. So it's been a bugbear of mine. The wedding dress was when my sister-in-law, Anna, we went wedding dress shopping, and you weren't allowed to take any photos of dresses. And I'm in the changing room sneaking pictures of Anna in all these dresses, but didn't want to save them on my phone, because then other people would have seen Anna in a wedding dress. So I printed them. I was making this beautiful book for her. Don't know where it went. I mean, it's, it's, it wasn't that good that someone would steal it. But to this day, it's never turned up. And then obviously, wallet... Mobile phone, keys. I lost my car many times going to the wrong level of the car park. <laughs> Swear it was there. And I'm like, where's my car? So I know what it is to lose things. I feel like I've had many things in life that still rattle me that I've lost. And I'm sure everyone else here today knows things that they've lost. So we're going to go straight into the Word of God. We're going to look at Luke 15, 1 to 7. And it says, Now the tax collectors and sinners 
were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus, just off bracket, is thinking, hang on a second. This is definitely time for a story I'm going to cut in. So then Jesus told them this story, the parable. Suppose one of you have a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And if you're sitting here today and you've been a Christian for years, you're like, yeah, yeah, I know this story. And sometimes some things become a little bit familiar and we forget that prodding that Jesus initially you know, said it for a reason. And we need to be prodded today with like shaken up by what Jesus is trying to get across. And whenever I used to read this story, I'd be a bit like, well, it's 99 sheep. What is the shepherd's problem? Like, he's got 99. Who cares about that one that's gone? But then when I put it into a real-life context, so Ollie and I went to London a few years ago, and we went to Sea Life Centre with our two children, and we're looking and admiring the sharks, and all of a sudden I thought, where's Pippa gone? I didn't then go, oh, it's only one. <laughs> I just, I just didn't. We didn't stop searching till we found her because she's precious and she's loved and she's important. And then you suddenly realize, like, for a shepherd, a hundred sheep, one going off is so important to him, so important to his career, important to everything. Like, it's really precious. And another thing I picked up, which I don't know, I'm just going to say it, because at first I thought it was silly. And the more I thought about it, I thought, I reckon this is a good thing. But I started looking at lots of different animal names. So you've got cat, cats, dog, dogs. I mean, here's a few, just, you know. And I realized that sheep is the only animal I could find, please tell me if I'm wrong, that doesn't have a different name for plural. So there's one sheep, there's a hundred sheep, there's a thousand sheep. It's just, it's just sheep. And I said that to Finley, and he said to me, Mum, Sheeps sound stupid. And I was like, well, maybe some of these sound stupid, but we just get used to saying ants. So, but when I thought about it, I thought, do you know what? We are talked a lot in the Bible about God's sheep, about Jesus being the shepherd. And Jesus loves the one sheep, but he also loves the hundred sheep. And I wonder, I don't know, but when I was reading this, I thought, I wonder if that's on purpose. I wonder if the word sheep isn't sheep's. Because God loves his one, but he also loves his flock. And today, I feel like God, the first point I want to get across is that God loves his one. You might be sitting there this morning thinking, oh yeah, Jesus loves everyone, but he doesn't love just me. And like he does, he loves the one. And this story is so powerful because it talks about the story of he's got the 99, but he knows that one has gone missing. He knows that one is lost and he goes out to find them. And he does that because he knows you're precious. He knew you were lost, and he came to find you. And someone on Alpha, not looking at him, I can see him at the back, uh, on the first couple of weeks said to me, well, I get that Jesus could die for everybody, 
But, like, can he really have just died for me? I don't get that. That's, that's too much. What does he gain? And I went away and I thought, oh, that's, that's a good point. And actually, what does he gain? He gains you. Because he knows that you're loved. He loves you. He knows you're special. He wants, he loves a relationship with you. You're the one. He noticed that you were gone. He's rescued you. And you are enough of a reason for him to save just you, just the one. And he doesn't want to, like, God's so good, isn't he? He doesn't want you this morning just to know that you are precious, that you are loved, that you are that one. That if you were the only one who strayed away, he got you. He went hunting for you. He's looking for you. But he wants us to be part of this adventure. He doesn't want us just to be like, oh, we're in. Yay, we're in the 99. He wants us to go on this adventure with him. He wants us to be involved in the search. He doesn't need us. He can do it on his own. But he wants us to get involved in the search. And he molds our hearts to be broken for the lost. That we're not just satisfied that we know we're precious and loved by Jesus. But he stirs us to go, well, who else is there? Who else doesn't know about this amazing Jesus? And the heart of God is ultimately one of the shepherd. The Bible mentions Jesus being a shepherd 43 times. And he knew those 99 sheep were safe. This is a story about the value of the lost one, the one that got away. And uh, if you look in up the definition of lost, it means to be non, no longer known, beyond reach, unable to find the way, not appreciated or understood, and no longer visible. Now, you might be here this morning, and that might be you. You might know people you work with that you live next door to. We all know people who feel like this. And actually, we've got a God whose heart is passionate for them, who is desperately searching for them to be found, for them to be known, to know that they are in reach, that they are appreciated, understood, clearly visible, that they are precious. And, God, and, and God's heart is that we join this rescue mission, that we don't just sit back and think someone else will get it, that God's got this. And if you're here this morning and, you know, you know you're a Christian, you're in this 99, you've been saved, you love Jesus, you know, great, it's awesome. We're going to be in heaven and eternity forever and ever and ever. It's brilliant. But <laughs> it's great that Jesus knows your name and that you're protected and that you're loved. But I'm really hoping this morning, just like God's been doing with me, that you can feel God's heart pumping in you, yearning to want to be like Jesus. We sang a song about Jesus weeping. I want to weep like Jesus wept. I want to be broken for things that Jesus loves. I don't want to look at someone and be like, oh, you're different to me, or I'm not sure you look like you've been into things I haven't. I can't talk to you. I want to love people the way Jesus loves them. Jesus let everybody in. I want to be like that. And I want to be someone who is aware of where the shepherd goes, I just don't want to be someone who's so consumed with the 99, my nice little bubble, and I'm all really happy, and I'm saved, hallelujah, and I forget where the shepherd's walking. I'm going, hang on, where's Jesus? Oh, why is he over there? Who's he talking to over there? What is that person? What's going on? I want to be like that. I don't want to ever forget that it's always about that one that Jesus is looking for, trying to get back. So I'm going to look at the, the next parable, Luke 15, 8 to 10. 
Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So my first point was that God says you're precious. My second point, which I, reason why I picked this second parable, I feel like the lost sheep really illustrates that one, that you're precious, that God's gone out and he's determined to find you. And the lost coin illustrates God's persistence of pursuing you, of the search. He doesn't just sort of look around and go, no, I can't see it. He is hunting and looking and searching until he finds you. And again, this story, I remember growing up, listening to this story and thinking, this woman has 10 10 10p pieces. Being a maths teacher, I now know that 10 times 10 is 100, so that's one pound. And uh, one pound's not that, you know, you think, meh. But actually, when you discover that one coin is really valuable, it was worth like a a day's wages, you suddenly go, oh, these coins, they're worth something. They're really valuable. And I really like this story because it illustrates God's hard work, his persistent searching, sweeping the house, looking under everything, not stopping until we find this coin. And what really challenged me is so many times when we lose things, we can sometimes just shrug it off and go, oh, I'll just get another one. doesn't matter. Or we might just go, well, I didn't lose it. It was him. He should be doing it. Why am I looking for what he's lost and blaming other people? It might be that we just sort of are unaware. We've got so many coins, we've lost the value of that one precious coin. We've forgotten what it was to lose it. And she didn't blame anyone else. She didn't look, you know, she went hunting until she found that coin. And that's like Jesus. He is passionate about pursuing the lost. And um, there's a lovely film it's quite old now, but it's one of my one of my enjoyable films I like to watch, cartoon called Finding Nemo. And there's a scene in it which just illustrates this so well. So for those of you who don't know, Nemo's a little green, green, little orange fish, and he goes far away from home. And his dad's very nervous, you know, never goes that far past the reef, and Nemo's a bit braver, gets lost. Long story short, he ends up in a dentist fish tank feeling very sorry for himself, far away from home, and is at a stage where he's just given up. He can't escape. This is it. He's going home with a girl with braces. That's the end of that. And all of a sudden, as the, as the people watching the film, we know this isn't the truth because we've got, like, you know, viewers' rights that we know what's going on. And we've watched this whole film where this scared dad is meeting with sharks going halfway across the ocean on turtle back and doing all these crazy things to find his son. And you're thinking, Nemo, don't give up. Your dad's coming. He's looking for you. But obviously, you know, just watching, can't really get involved. And all of a sudden, the person who saves the day is this seagull, flies into the window, starts chatting to the fish in the fish tank because obviously all animals can talk to each other. And uh, he flies in and he says, oh, hello. Oh, you're new. What's your story? And they start saying, oh, this is Nemo. And he goes, Nemo? I've heard about you. 
You're, if you know what your dad's been doing, this little fish like, my dad? Yeah, he's gone across the whole ocean looking for you. He's gone on turtle backs and he's fought sharks. He's gone down to the deepest, darkest areas where no one else has gone. And he is not giving up until he finds you. And he is just out there in the harbour determined to try and find his son. And then all of a sudden, obviously the film all ends well, and Nemo gets excited. He thinks, my dad did all of that for me. And then suddenly, you know, they all meet and it's all great. But like the story of the persistent chaser, and we've got our father God, who's even more of a persistent chaser than a scared fish in a film. He won't let no turn, stone turn, ugh, no stone, stone turn, I can't speak. So. <laughs> Start again. No stone unturned, that's it. He will go to the deepest, darkest bits of the sea. He won't let anything get in his way to find his lost people, his lost coins, his lost sheep. He is coming for you. And everyone sitting here, whether you know Jesus personally today or not yet, God searched for you or he's searching for you this morning. You are his sons and daughters. And he sees you. And he wants to bring you home. And it says in verse 4, until he finds you. He's not giving up. He's not doing one of those half-baked searches where he just touches the surface. He is persistently searching for you. So we've got a God who today says you're precious. We've got a God who's persistently searching for you. And my third point is that we've got a God who loves to praise. And God's heart for the loss isn't just you know, trying to find us, but the joy of celebrating when we are found. And if you're anything like me, I hate losing things, absolutely hate it, hence why I've got my slide, and I'm still talking about a jumper, which is very old now, probably dead and burnt somewhere, <laughs> but it'll still rattle me. I can't sleep. Whenever I lose something, I will lay down in bed and I'll shut my eyes and I'll recite everything I've done. Did I go to the freezer? Would I have put it in there? Is it, is it in here? You know, I'll look in the most ridiculous places because I cannot go to bed until I have found whatever's been lost. But when I find it, it's like, I'll do a football analogy because I hate football, but it's like when someone wins the World Cup or something, you know, like, wow, when I find that thing that's been lost, even if it was just my keys that I definitely just put in that coat pocket, when you find it, the joy of finding something is just, like, amazing. I can't even find a better word to describe it. But isn't it amazing? When you find something, that joy, you just like, yeah, finally, I found it. And that's kind of where we're at with God. We've heard two stories of what happens when, when the lady and the man find their sheep and coin. There is rejoicing. And I have the real privilege of running Alpha. I think I've done it for five terms now. And every time, I, my, my heart is broken. I just, there's people who are lost, searching, broken. And every time they walk in, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what God's up to. Like, are they joining the flock? Where are they at? Um, and it's been so exciting being part on this mission. And it's a real privilege. There's so many faces here that I know that I just think, oh, I didn't know you. And now, so eight weeks later, I feel like you're really part of my life. And I really feel really, you know, touched that you're there. And there's so many stories. Um, one story, Dave Mitchell 
about a lost thing, I thought I have to put this story in, found someone's mobile phone. And I don't know what you would do with someone's mobile phone, but Dave, I don't know how he hacked in or whatever, but he managed to get in and he managed to contact the owner and managed to build a friendship with them, felt provoked to invite them to Alpha, and all of a sudden this couple turned up to Alpha. And like she sort of believed he was nice, but wasn't sure if it was for him. And just a privilege to go through, getting to know someone because their phone was lost. Um, week in, talking to us, asking us questions and deciding by the end that, yeah, I think Jesus is the one for me. And you think, wow, because Dave and Fran found a mobile phone, like someone's life, he's now added into the flock. It's just amazing. It really, yeah, that was amazing. And there's so many other stories I can tell, and I wrote a few down, and then I've changed my mind, because there's so many people that I just think, wow, I can't believe God did that. That was amazing. Um, Aggie, some of you guys know here, he brings a, a good group of people every time to Alpha. And uh, one time I had the privilege of meeting a guy who came along to the week when we were praying. And uh, he's, I said, what do you want to pray for, Owen? And he said, I haven't seen my daughter. She's five, and I haven't seen her. I'd really like to see her. So we're like, that's pray. So our table prayed for him. Please let him see his daughter this week. And he came back the following uh, Wednesday, buzzing, going, I saw my daughter. I don't know what happened. God's amazing. God answers prayer. I'm going to pray for everything every day. And he was just so excited. And unfortunately for this guy, a couple of weeks later, he did die in his sleep. Um, and it was really sad, really, really sad lovely guy, working through some real complicated stuff, but knowing that I had the privilege of being part of his journey and knowing that this guy, like, he saw something of Jesus and Jesus' heart and knew that God loved him <laughs> was amazing. Like, with, without that, I don't know where he would have been. And um, there's so many amazing stories. There's, um, just looking across the room, there's, there's people who were, in theory, my neighbours. We didn't know each other. They, were, they weren't, like, next-door neighbours, but across the way. And you knew that there was something going down occasionally because there might be, you know, a police car or something. And you were just like, oh, what's going on across the road? Anyway, so I was running an alpha a couple of times ago, and uh, this girl sits next to me at this table, and she starts telling me this story. And I sit there, and I think, I know this story. I said, where did you used to live? And she said, my road. And I was like, what number? I was like, oh, well, we used to be pretty much across the road from each other. And basically, you know, made some wrong choices, really had, had a few tricky things in her life, and came to a focused toddler group, Met Jodie, who then told her, as Jodie does, get to Alpha. So, <laughs> so she came to Alpha, and I did an illustration um, at Kids Work the other day. We were talking about God's kindness, and Sophie and I spent a long time on Wednesday making this massive ice cube, like, no joke, it was this big. And the idea was these kids were meant to chisel it. And after about half an hour, we were still chiseling. So I was like, we need some drastic action. So I got this giant ice cube and just smashed it, which in hindsight caused a lot of mess and trouble. But it was fun. But it was a great illustration for God's kindness. And I think for, for my friend Rachel, who's, who's been on this journey, she would agree with me that I think she was in a place where she was broken. And something just clicked. And she thought... Jesus. 
And it was like that ice cube smashing and God's love pouring in her. And it, oh, there's just so many people that it's just so exciting to see those little steps of people who just go in, yeah, I want this. I want this. And the best thing about all of these stories, and I could go on, but I'll stop. And if you want to be part of Alpha, always looking for team. It's very exciting. Um, but the best thing is all these parables reveal God's heart. He, not only am I celebrating when these people, and I get to baptize someone, um, I'll stop because I'll keep telling more stories, but um, it's really, really exciting. But how much more does Jesus celebrate? It says, there will be more rejoicing in heaven. Rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. And Luke's favorite phrase for Jesus is he came to seek and save the lost. And he persisted, even unto death on a cross. The hard work is already done, and now is the time for the harvest. And with Alpha, the hardest part for me is after a day, a week's work, getting out the house in the evening, setting up some tables, you know, doing that thing, because Jesus does all the hard work. He comes in and he breaks hearts. He transforms lives. I'm just there to smile and welcome people. Like, such a relief that I haven't got to do all the hard work. But Jesus, when he knows that, you know, you've become a follower of him, my gosh, he is having parties up there in heaven. The angels celebrate him. And, like, we could be part of this. Like, Jesus really does want us to be part of this. And I just feel like today, I was talking to Ollie just to check it was okay, but I'd love us to be a church that our culture isn't someone who's got all these, lo- these coins and we don't notice when one goes missing and then gets put back. We, we, we just we kind of got a bit like forgotten how much value it is. In the prayer meeting before, I think Andy was saying, like, you know, help me not to be someone who just forgets how good it is to know Jesus. How good it is. And I want us to be a church who has a culture to want to praise when people who were lost are now added in. Because there's so many people in this church who are new Christians, who are people who have recently said, yeah, I want this. I'm going to follow Jesus. And today, I'm going to get the band up as we finish, but I want everyone in this room, firstly, to know that even if it was just you, if you're just that one, if you're the lost one, even here this morning, God wants to say you're precious, you're valued, you're accepted, I want you back, come on into the fold. If you've been here a long time, (laughs) you've been in the fold, you know Jesus, have a refresher, know that truth, get that excitement of God thinks you're precious, that you're here today because Jesus fought for you, died for you, rose again. And this morning I just want people to know that it's not a mistake you're here today. You might be visiting, you might have been floating around church for a while. But God's on your case. If you haven't, if you haven't chosen him yet, there's, no, there's not like a, oh, what am I doing at King's this morning? God's on your case because he's a persistent, pursuing God who just loves you. And what I'd really like to do is model us as a church, being a church that prays and welcomes people who have become Christians. So in a minute, I'm going to ask, if you know that you've been a Christian for the last couple of years, you're new into the flock, 
I'd love you to stand up. And if you're here today and you think, I haven't quite made that step, but you know what? I need to get myself into the flock. I need that shepherd. I want to be a Christian. I want to know Jesus. Then for both of those people, I'm going to ask everyone like that to stand up. And as church, we are going to celebrate. Because I can tell you story after story of people I've known on Alpha and their journeys getting into Jesus. And there'll be so many other people here that I don't know and would love to know your story too. But that's be a church that celebrates that coin being returned, the lost sheep being found. That's really celebrate. God's heart is that we praise and we rejoice these people coming back and knowing Jesus. So I know it's a bit embarrassing, but you're going to have to do it anyway. So if you've, been a, if you've become a Christian in the last you know, couple of years um, or you would like to be a Christian this morning, would you mind standing up in your chairs? Anyone here? back up Nathan <laughs> uh, what I'd like you to do if you know these people don't know these people I'd love loads of people just to get around all of them like welcoming into the flock but Nathan's hiding now <laughs> one's down um, but let's get on side let's love these guys they're one of us now this is awesome pray for them bless them get to know them this morning as we get into worship cool come on as we do that let's stand to our feet <laughs> 